0: Radically resilient health is not the absence of injury, disease, infection, or stress. Rather, it's the ability to recover from injury, disease, or stress.
1: This is Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan, founder of Vitakinetics. I'm your host, Connie Ray. We want to continue to share this vital and important information about how easy it is to change your health through simple lifestyle changes. So please subscribe to our podcast. Follow Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. In this episode of Radically Resilient Health, Dr. Carolyn Dolan shares her research on the importance of sleep and its effect on the body's ability to heal. This is Radically Resilient Health. Carolyn, how many hours of sleep did you get? I usually get anywhere between seven to nine. I'm kind of a
0: sleep Nazi. I'm not affiliated with this, but I have an aura ring um, because I actually wanted to monitor my sleep. I wanted to collect some data and just sort of see how different things affected it. Last night, seven hours and 57 minutes of total sleep. I was raised by a mother who never slept more than a few hours. And in fact, she just had her 79th birthday and I found this birthday card and it was this old lady. She was drinking like her whole bucket of of coffee and it said something like, you'll have time to sleep when you're dead. Like (laughs) to her, sleep was a waste of time. Like she had to be working, moving, something. So to her... Like I said, sleep was a waste of time in her mind.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: so fascinating to me because what the data is showing now is that it is critically important for rest, recovery, letting your brain synthesize memories and problem solve. And the, the number of hours that are recommended for sleep, like I said, for our age group is anywhere from seven to nine, you know, and it's just fascinating when you think about kids. Infants, anywhere from 12 to 15 hours of sleep a day. Toddlers who are 1 to 2, 11 to 14 hours. School-age children, 6 to 13 is 9 to 11. Teenagers, 8 to 10. But young adults, adults, and older adults, 7 to 8 to 9 hours of sleep. And again, it's also all dependent on your personal needs. Mm -hmm. And so what I have often told people that it's not necessarily the number of hours that you're getting per se. Although anything less than that seven hours, you've got to start asking yourself, is there something I'm missing? But waking up and feeling rested is so critical, is that you can fall asleep, stay asleep and wake up rested. That's really more critical than the absolute number of hours. And so for me, if I get much less than seven and a half hours, I really don't feel like I'm operating on all c- cylinders. This reminds me of a story I was just sharing with a friend who we were revisiting because she really requires a lot of sleep. When I was going to grad school, I interviewed for a PT-PhD program in physical therapy and bioengineering out in Delaware. And my mom flew us out there on a, a red-eye flight because remember, to her, you can sleep when you're de- you're dead. And we arrived for the interview I felt so sick because I hardly slept at all of course and I remember during the interview I don't know if my eyes closed but I felt like I had fallen asleep at some point during the interview process. Wow. I just felt terrible and my mom seemed to be functioning perfectly fine somehow. I don't I don't know how she did it and she's a different breed and should donate her brain to science because of her sleep. <laughs> her her life of no sleep. But I it, that I remember will never forget that. Like I think I just fell asleep. But again, that that range in the sleep really is much like we were talking about the other day about the breakfast, is is individual. But for me personally, if I get less than seven, seven and a half hours, I really don't feel very good the next day.
1: With with a lack of sleep for me, I make bad decisions. In every aspect of my life, if I have not gotten a good Rest And I wake up exhausted, didn't get a good night's sleep. I know immediately the moment that I wake up that my day is full of bad decisions, probably drink more coffee than I should drink because I'm tired. I'm going to grab some food choice that I would never grab because I don't care because I'm tired. I literally feel like on the days that I don't get sleep, have you ever seen those cartoons when the snowball just keeps going down the hill and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger? That's how I feel when I don't get sleep. Some of the things that you have talked to me about have helped. And one of the things that you talked about is the environment that you're in. And so I have really adjusted my environment as in an hour before sleep time, there's no phone, the lights are dim, soft music is on, it's calming. I'm setting the environment so that I can start to discharge. You want your environment to play a supportive role to the
0: natural process of your normal circadian and rhythm, which is your sleep cycle. And so doing all of those things, keeping your bedroom cool, having the darkness, like you said, you're dimming your lights. You don't want to do the things that are going to stimulate awakeness and release the hormones in your brain of awakeness. You know, lots of blue light, screen time, bright lights will send to your nervous system to wake up, which is the exact opposite of what your body is actually physiologically trained to do. And that's where that stop turning the screens off really makes makes a difference. The other thing you're, you're putting in there as you're describing this is you're developing a habit, much like we talked about with breakfast, right? We want to make the habit of going to bed start to be consistent so it becomes easier, right? And so all of those things that you've brought into your, your home really help facilitate that. The other thing that we've talked about a little bit as far as the breakfast piece is that the more That we eat that nutritional, nutrient-dense food and we kind of time it within our day also facilitate a natural, normal sleep cycle. Movement plays a really big role in that too, right? So getting natural sunshine on our skin and our retinas and our eyes also facilitates a normal circadian rhythm. What I find really fascinating about sleep, and maybe one of the biggest things that I learned in all my research was, again, I was raised with this, like, you know, sleep when you're dead is pretty much a waste of time, was that sleep is not actually the absence of activity. It's a reduction in your consciousness level, but it's not the absence of activity. The process of sleep is an incredibly active, dynamic process of rest, recovery, your synchronizing your systems, your organs are all synchronized, you're able to heal. The lack of consciousness also allows your brain to consolidate memories or solve problems. So my mom was the, like, no sleep. And my dad was very regimented about his sleep. He's like, I got a difficult case that I've got a problem solve. I'm going to do some work during the day. But if I get good sleep, I'm going to be able to wake up and solve that problem. He he naturally was using his sleep to help his brain function better and there's a lot of data to support, you know, the disruption in your sleep cycle also affecting your ability to recover from injuries and your pain states become higher with sleep disturbances. And so that's always why it's one of the very first things I recommend folks do is that they start to set up their environment to facilitate normal sleep.
1: What I've noticed is my family in general has a calming sense at the end of the night, and so it's a better morning and a more refreshed morning because we've taken the time to control the environment, to bring us to that state, to really prepare us for sleep. And I think so many people mm-hmm. forget that. They forget that it should be almost a ritual or a, a process to prepare your body so that your body knows too, to take it down a notch, that we're, we're, we're moving into that sleep pattern. We also don't know that maybe in those short spans of sleep, because your mom was constantly in moving. Movement and constantly going, how deep were those short periods of time for her in her sleep? And and we may not ever know all of those answers. But
0: for sure, you know, with a young family and young children, particularly during uh, these unprecedented times of stress during pandemic times, the importance of what you're also doing to not only like keeping that nervous system calm, you're facilitating the normal physiological process and the hormones by your your habits there for the sleep, you're also using that time as a means of connecting with each other. And and for our family, actually, we've avoided lots of live TV stuff and news except for when we really need to get that information. But absolutely in those evening hours, we really avoid it because it can be very stressful. But we've brought back in some story time again, just because it was part of the habit we used to be in preparing ourselves to sleep, right? Just reading a little story or reading a chapter of a book also brings us together. All of those things are things that the majority of us can add into our lives. And if you can't, if you struggle with avoiding screens, I always recommend something called blue blocker glasses. And that helps block some of the blue ray from the, the screen use that tends to be a bit more stimulating. And also there is a program for your computers and it's called F-LUX with so F period L-U-X. And that naturally dims your computer screen according to a normal sun cycle. A lot of the Apple, the iPhones and stuff have similar functionality, um, where the, the screen will dim at certain times of night. So it's less stimulating. And the idea about the darkness is also people miss out on. How important that darkness is in living in the city, so I always recommend blackout shades, making sure that whatever lights you have within your room that you can try to cover them up, particularly when traveling like to a hotel because they have all the digital lights on, I try to find a way to cover a lot of that um, unnatural light, but those are things that you can incorporate you know in your own home environment, and then with that, I always add this like with any specific lifestyle strategy as you continue to modify your lifestyle or improve your sleep if you are still struggling with sleep after you've made all of those modifications right you're you're eating well you're getting good sunshine and outside and fresh air and you're turning off your screens appropriately and all other things supposedly are in check and you're still struggling with sleep then it's time to you know, get help from following up with a sleep doctor and see, because sleep apnea is a real thing and can be very disturbing to your sleep and have very significant health consequences. So, but that requires testing and information.
1: Did you notice a drastic difference in your sleep patterns when you started to really focus in on the food intake and adjusted your diet when you were first beginning this journey, Carolyn? Or did you always sleep well? There was a significant chunk of time where when I was overweight after
0: having kids, I never felt rested. So the answer to the question is yes. I remember when we made significant changes to our nutritional intake where we were eating healthy and all that kind of stuff that I noticed a significant increase in my energy. I got the signal when my body was tired, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like it would be, you know, 830 at night. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm tired. Like I could notice because I had energy during the times of the day where I should have energy that suddenly it was like, Oh, maybe it's time to get ready to go to bed. But I really enjoy sleeping.
1: <laughs> well, you have cozy three little, kids. I, cozy a little bit. I know <laughs> I really enjoy it. it. It
0: is one of those things where um, to get me to stay out at night is kind of a big deal too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I said, I get tired. Uh, again, I start not to make the best decisions either. Like I'm looking for, something to eat to keep me awake or something to drink to keep me awake. Like I I start to reach for these things because like I'm tired. My sleep definitely improved in the sense that as I improved all those other aspects of my life, I wasn't having maybe as much sleep apnea. I was having maybe also more restorative sleep. Mm -hmm. I was getting into that deep sleep and actually getting to those restorative phases. So everything just continued to improve.
1: But what I really noticed the most was Wow, my eyes are really tired. It must be time to go to bed. (laughs) You were able to recognize the signs of your body communicating with you because, again, going back to that gut-brain connection, the foods, the nutrient-dense foods that you were feeding your body was allowing you to hear what your body needed more clearly. When you are someone that is living on processed foods, not getting those nutrient-dense foods, that's when we tend to shut off our brain from our body. We're not hearing what our body is telling us that it needs because we're giving it the wrong fuel. Part of this idea of this radically resilient health piece
0: is to also understand that optimizing your sleep is is really important. If we look at sleep deprivation on the whole, like I, I remember my first book I wrote, I talked about how come all new mothers aren't dead already? Like if sleep is that important and we go through these phases of life where we're, we are we birth the baby and we're breastfeeding and you're like not sleeping at all. How come not everybody is dead already? And then you look at my mom. While it is really important, somehow there's a way around it. Like our, our bodies really are resilient beings and can either can somehow handle these stages of life where we have this temporary sleep loss with, you know, having children or work environments. And then even worst case scenario where we have have chronic sleep deprivation, that when we look at my mom as a case study, there was something she was doing that somehow made up for some of it. Did she become more efficient with her short sleep? Mm -hmm. Was her fitness routine enough to counteract the negative effects of that? So when we talk about seven to nine hours of sleep, and that seems overwhelming, right? Like, well, I'm not getting that. Well, maybe you personally aren't the one that actually needs that much sleep, Mm -hmm. but that you're optimizing the situation around what you have. Firefighters or police officers or ER nurses, you know, where they have these night shifts, I mean, somehow they're still functioning. Mm -hmm. I think we've forgotten how important it is and we've forgotten our own body's signals and that cleaning some of the other lifestyle stuff up really helps you pay attention. But that it's not a death sentence if you have, a night of no sleep. I always recommend looking into the cause, not just a sleeping pill. So, I have done all these good things. How come I'm still not sleeping? Then, all right, it's time to get a sleep study done or it's time to do some blood work on my hormone levels. And so, there's all those things that play an important role and are not to be taken lightly.
1: I'm excited because our next two podcasts diving even deeper into something you've been talking quite a bit about, and that is the gut brain connection. You've been listening to Radically Resilient Health with Dr. Carolyn Dolan. Learn more about Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan at vitakinetics.com. Follow Vitakinetics and Dr. Carolyn Dolan on Facebook and Instagram. Content in this podcast is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as medical, physical therapy, or healthcare advice. Listening to this podcast does not create a healthcare provider patient relationship. Please contact your medical healthcare provider if you suspect you have a medical problem. This podcast is funded by Vitakinetics.